The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Breeze Nation... Sea Red Nation, Bears Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Path the Designer, live from Vegas. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with your boy as always, man. On today's show, we are going to be talking Chicago Bulls Media Day. The Bulls are back in town, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be breaking down Bulls Media Day. Also, by the way, let me know because I'm in Vegas, hotel, internet, all that, right? Like, let me know if the stream is choppy, whatever it is. But we're going to be breaking down Bulls uh, uh, Media Day. Biggest takeaways from that. Also, going to be talking about our Chicago Bears, the beloved team, right? What can we take away from a week three win? And I know there's still a lot of people that are like, week three win. Yes, we did win week three, no matter how it seems to be being spun. A week three win, what can we take away from that and what we're going to have uh, uh, to prepare for going into next week for week four? All that and more on today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. Let's go. Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. We got so much content to get to today. It makes absolutely no sense. I do appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love, man. Let me get them C-Reds in the chat. Let me get them Berdans in the chat, man, because you guys, we got both teams in the news today because we get to talk about both teams because we finally heard from Arturis Karnaschovas and Billy Donovan. We've also heard from the Bears today, so we got a lot to get into. Jam-packed show today, so I appreciate everybody for coming through and showing love. Uh, I know this is, what is it, uh, probably 8.30 Chicago time here? Here it's like 6.30. Uh, it's still like 70 degrees outside, 80 degrees maybe even. Um, I wanted to go poolside, but I think our pool closes at like 7 p.m. or something like that. Weird like that, but there's like families and stuff in here. But, bro, like there's so much going on here. And mugs are looking at me crazy because they're like, yo, let's go enjoy Vegas. And I'm like, I can't. I have to do the show. <laughs> I, I still have to do the show. The show doesn't stop because I'm out here technical directing a tournament. So I appreciate you guys that come through and show love because the show doesn't stop because I'm out in Vegas, dog. We're here to work. I'm a worker. Winners work. That's what we do. Winners work. So let's get into the show, man. I uh, appreciate you guys for showing love. Here's the thing. There's there. What were your what were your biggest takeaways from Media Day? Because I feel like there were a lot of takeaways that you could look at from Media Day and say, uh, talking about the Bulls here, and say, okay, is this team 
poised to take a step here, right? Like there was a couple of moments in just listening to uh, uh, um, Media Day, just listening to Billy Donovan talking, just listening to the team's expectations on Patrick Williams and stuff like that, where it was like, yo, bro, like, I understand we didn't make this big move, but I'm ready to run through a wall for these guys right now. Also, AK is just as stoic as ever. That's what Media Day showed me mostly, right? Like, AK was just like, they were like, hey, bro, uh, listen, the, uh, <laughs> what did they ask him? Like, the third person asked him about Lonzo, and he was like, I'm not a doctor. Stop asking. He was like, all right, dog, like, relax a little bit. But what were you guys' biggest takeaways from Chicago Bulls Media Day, right? I think starting off kind of with AK and Arturis, some of the things that I really, really found interesting, especially when it came down to, um, you know, how, how guys are going to be used and stuff like that. They, he got asked, Billy Donovan got asked the question, what does he think uh, this team's identity is going to be without Lonzo Ball being a part of it, right? Like, and that's, that is a major question. Like, what, what is this team going to be if Lonzo Ball is not the starting point guard on this team? And I think that's the part that you kind of look at and you say, okay, right, like, okay, we've got, and, and Billy talked about it, we've got point guard depth, we've got guys that we can put in play here, we've got a lot of veteran experience here, right? Goran Dragic coming in, he's got veteran experience. Um, You've got Ayo uh, 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 Desumu, who really showed out at that position last season, did an excellent job for the Chicago Bulls while getting a lot of twists and turns. He even brought up Kobe White, which I thought was a very interesting point, right? And talked about all the different positions that Kobe White was going to be being uh, was put in last season, and then how he hopes that he's not going to be put in those same positions this season, and what he thinks he could bring to the point guard position. But I think the thing is, right, like when you break this down at its at its core. You really have to just figure out kind of where you want everything to be split up. Where do you want to see these guys, right? And so I was kind of like going through all the different options in my head. And there's only two to me really that make the most sense, right? Because you're you're still keeping the rest of your lineup the same. And this was this was one of my big takeaways from Media Day, right? Like there's only a couple of lineups here that make sense. If you're not just going for we've got the veteran presence in there that's been here before. When you look at your lineup with Goran Dragic, um, Zach Levine, uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic, that's your starting lineup, right? You kind of look at that and you say, all right, listen, like, bro, there's not any defense that's a part of that lineup, right? Like, at that point, you're hoping Zach is able to step up defensively. You're hoping that he sets fire on that. But you're basically saying, P-Will, you've got to be the main defender here. So I think that, right, coming out, and here's the one thing that I will say about it. This is the one thing that I do give credence to that lineup for. If you're able to come out and attack quickly, if you're able to, to come out and punch teams in the mouth offensively, and Goran Dragic can be a big help for that, if you're able to punch teams in the mouth offensively very quickly, that can put you in a position, right, where then you're able to rest your starters because you're also taking into account these lineups while taking into or while looking at what the schedule is. That's the one good thing about having so many different point guards that can step in here and make plays. But I think that the the, the first thing that really stands out to me is, okay, what's going to be the lineup that's going to be best for the schedule that we have? And that's the part where I look at it and I say, all right, well, if, if we have Goran Dragic out there, if we're running that with Zach, Jamar, uh, Patrick Williams, and Boots, right? Like, I'm looking at that crazy because unless you're going to run them out the gym, you you you're not gonna have any defensive uh, 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 any any defensive prowess out there outside of Patrick Williams, right? Like even if Zach Levine all of a sudden ups his numbers massively, his massive uh uh uh. uh 
jump would be like a 109 on the defensive rating, right? So I don't think that that's going to help you. You got Patrick Williams there. So to me, Goran Dragic really isn't your answer unless you just plan on punching teams in the mouth. Now, that's not to say Goran Dragic isn't going to be a good asset for the Bulls, and we heard from him as well today, but I just don't see that being a feasible starting lineup for this team where it's currently at. Now, the other one that I really looked at, okay, of course, the easy one, right? Hey, listen, let's let's break down I.O., uh, 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 <coughs> excuse me, being added to this team um, in the starting lineup, basically keeping the same job that he had last season and how that's going to affect the Chicago Bulls going forward. Is that the answer? And I think that that's a better answer. And that's kind of the answer I'm leaning towards the most. But there's still that inexperience, right? There's still that, okay, yeah, he did play it last season, but guess what? That's last season. You don't know if he's going to have that sophomore slump. You don't know what's going to be a uh, uh, change in his game. You don't know what changes he's made. You don't know if he's going towards being more of a combo guard, right? Like, that's the part that you got to see when these guys get in the building. That's why this week is going to be so exciting for us as Bulls fans because, to me, right, I'm looking at this as, okay, if Io's added into that lineup, just like he was last season, right, and there's not that rookie wall that's coming into play, there's not that I have this learning curve. In fact, there's this amount of data that I have that I'm looking at this mug and I'm like, all right, I've got, so I've got this and I know that I can do this well and now I'm adding this on top of it and I know how this guy plays and I know where to be for this guy and I know where to stand for this guy and I know how to stop this guy, right? Like that's the part of, of Io DeSumo's game that I need to see him take that step. But again, you're betting on a lot of young guys in your lineup, right? Like even if we want to say, Patrick, Patrick Williams is in year three, which which he is right, and he's got to take that step as well. But there, there's that's a lot of youth at very pivotal points in your lineup, and you hoping you're hoping Patrick Williams takes that step. But do you want to be hoping on multiple people in the lineup? That's kind of the the pros and cons of it, right? But I I think that that's the lineup that I see more. Uh, uh, feasibly being the Chicago Bulls lineup, in my opinion, right? Unless they go with the opposite of that, which was Alex Caruso. And here's my thing. That is actually probably the lineup that I look at and I'm like, while I don't think it has the best chance because I don't think you want to stop a player's development of the team uh, uh, of Ayo DeSumo coming onto the court, right? And continuing to be that starting point guard, continuing to be that level of player, continuing to be that dominant uh, 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 defender at your starting point guard position, right? While he can still give you some of that excellent production off of the bench, the one thing that I'm looking at when I see Alex Caruso coming in is now all of a sudden you've got a veteran presence and leadership in your starting lineup. You've got this veteran presence and leadership that's able to step in and say, hey, listen, no, I've been in these positions. I've been to an NBA Finals. I've been one of the top point guards on my team, and I understand what it's going to take for me to move this ball around. Hey, listen, and I'm going to give you the best defense available. Now, the pros and cons of that is, right, you insert Alice Caruso into your lineup. I think you lose a lot of versatility off of your bench. The one thing that I love about Caruso off of the bench, Caruso is an excellent leader, but Caruso can play so many different positions. And I think that's something that you really want to have paired with Goran Dragic. To me, that's the one thing that I look at and I say, if I've got this paired with Goran Dragic, right? Like if I if I'm you need some combination of offense defense at every level. But if I'm looking at my bench unit and I say, okay, we got Alice Caruso here, we've got Goran Dragic here, um, that's giving me a little offense defense. We can go De uh, Derek Jones Jr. in that. Um, maybe we got Kobe White and or Dalen Terry, whoever takes that step. I don't know yet. But now you're talking about 
okay, you've still got that offense defense, but there's that veteran presence. And not only that, but a strong veteran presence on your bench. And that's something that that's not to be scoffed at either, right? Because now you've got a strong veteran presence in your starting lineup. You've got Vooch, you've got Zach, you've got DeMar. And yeah, you've got a couple of young guys at very pivotal positions. But I think that the one thing that you look at is, okay, how can we spread out the strengths of our team? And the one thing that this team has is a great mix of young guys and veteran guys. A great mix of young guys and veteran guys. And so you want to you want to spread that wealth as much as you can. And so the IO to the starting lineup, while I like it, right? Like I, I think that's another lineup that I really liked in the playoffs because it sets the tone. I'm sorry, not IO, uh, Alex Caruso in the starting lineup. That's another lineup I really liked in the playoffs because it sets the tone, right? Because Caruso is one of those guys that comes in and what's he do? Hey, yo, we're stopping them right now. We're playing up on defense. They're not getting past us. We're clamping up, and then we're taking this. I'm throwing it to Zach. Zach's yamming it down. We're playing the other way, right? Like, there's all these things that come into play in that situation that you look at and you go, okay, yeah, no, he's doing some good things there. Right. Like he's 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 bringing a fire to this off to this uh, uh, starting unit that this starting unit might not have naturally. Right. And so I think that that's something to be said. And that's kind of the pros and cons of the eye of, of Caruso being inserted into the lineup. Right. And then finally, right, like you kind of get down to your Kobe White lineups where I think that's just a purely offensive lineup. Unless you feel like he's going to ha- unless you feel like his ball handling has improved that much that you're going to insert him back into the point guard position. But I just I, I think the thing with Kobe is. Is let's find Kobe a position. If if we're he's here, right? Like he's here. There's another thing that I really took away from from Media Day, right? And like the video if you agree. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking uh, Chicago Bulls. How Bulls talk, man. Here's my thing that I'm really looking at with this Bulls team and some of the younger guys that definitely need to step up. Are we putting them in a position to be successful? Are we putting them in a position where the scrutiny that may come their way, the scrutiny that may follow them around all season, right? The scrutiny that Kobe White's gets is justified. And listen, the biggest thing for me, not able to handle the ball, not able to knock down open shots. To me, that criticism, no matter where you're at with Kobe White, is justified. No matter where you feel like Kobe White is in in his maturity, no matter where you feel like Kobe White is in his growth, right, it's justified to me. But on top of everything else, he's finally got that training camp. He's finally got that opportunity to develop. He's finally got that opportunity to grow. How is he going to use it? How is he going to attack? having a full offseason and a training camp of a ball handling, trying to grow his game. You know what I mean? Like, how is he going to be inserted into that? But I don't see that as a – that to me, that's not a move where you put him in the starting lineup. That's not a move to me where you put him in the starting lineup because I think if you put him in the starting lineup in that situation, you're setting him up for failure. You're setting him up, not putting him in a position to be successful because he's going to be nervous to take some of those shots. He's going to be nervous to, to uh, uh, um, you know, try to take shots away from Zach Levine, different things like that, right? Like there, there's going to be a lot of things that go into his game that aren't going to breed to the se- success of his game. And on the other side, right, then you've got to deal with, okay, we've got these three scores in our starting lineup, but how who's going to get the ball? There's only one ball. And so you've got to be able to 
facilitate that ball. You got to be able to move that ball. You got to be able to right. Like that's I, that's why I think Kobe White to me is better suited as more of a combo guard, two guard type of player. And so I, I think bringing him off of the bench is going to be best case scenario. Oh, by the way, coming off of the bench, like I said earlier, right, with a guy like Goran Dragic, with a guy like uh, Alex Caruso. And I think those are things that are really going to help his game. And that's the part that I'm hoping, you know, is, is able to build him up the most as we head into this 2023 season and really his first ever training camp, bro. Like that, that's the part to me that I think is the most interesting when you look at Kobe White. Like, he's never had a training camp. And to me, the biggest thing with that is, right, like, there's no there's no replication of in-game work, right? But there's also no replication of specifically focusing on improving one thing in the offseason. And we've heard these players talk about it, right? Like, hey, I'm trying to improve this this offseason. What are you going into the offseason working on? I want to improve my ball handling. I want to improve my vert. I want to improve my defense. I want to, like, you can't go into an offseason trying to improve the world. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go into an offseason trying to improve everything at once. You have to go into an offseason trying to say, okay, listen, I've got to get better at this. And Kobe White's not been able to do that. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there that'll look at that and say, hey, listen, it is what it is. You should be able to figure your game out. That's cap. You know, P-Kid, kid, kid's, a, kid's a big advocate of that. And, and here's the thing. There's certain things, like I said earlier, there's certain things about Kobe White's game and the reason that I don't want to see him inserted into the starting lineup that I agree with you on, right? Like, to me, the fact that Kobe White, and like the video, if you agree, man, we got 41 in here, hit that like button, man. 41 in here, 13 likes, hit that like button. What y'all on with me right now? Y'all on games with me right now? I'm out in Vegas giving y'all a stream. Y'all can't even hit the like button for your boy? Come on now. Um. I think here's the thing, right, with Kobe White that stands out the most to me. I'm fine with judging him. I'm fine with with certain things about his game that, to me, are, you're looking down upon, right? Because, to me, no matter what, I'm sorry, you play in the NBA. I kick the ball out to you wide open, and you're a shooter, or you have the ability to knock down the three ball at a high percentage like Kobe White does, you got to knock it down. And it got to the point in that Boston series where what did we see? Let him shoot. Or no, I'm sorry, not Boston. In that, uh, 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 um, who am I thinking of here? My Milwaukee series. Let him shoot. Let him shoot. When they get to the point where they're saying let him shoot, and you're a guy that's supposed to be able to shoot, like that's that's kind of where I look at it and I say, okay, like you gotta, you gotta get better. You have to play better. You have to improve your game. But I, I do take something away from looking at a guy and saying, listen, if AK is making this decision on Kobe White, if AK is going to hold out in this situation, all right, well, let's see what he improved upon this offseason because I know he was working on handles. I know he was working on handles all offseason. That's the one thing I do know. So some interesting takeaways, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, definitely got some more takeaways, though, from the from the uh, 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 I mean, really, the, the first we've gotten to hear from AK and uh, 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 Billy Donovan kind of about the Lonzo situation. Right. And that's why I brought up like where the point guard position was at first. Right. Like, I think now the question that you have to ask yourself is. 
without Lonzo there, without Lonzo there, and I guess similar to the question that they asked Billy, what is this Bulls team's identity? Without Lonzo Ball there, he's the leader of that perimeter defense. The Bulls get out and transition better, right? And you could tell immediately after, and Billy Donovan spoke to this, he said after the injury started to pile up. Now, it wasn't just Lonzo. There was a bunch of things that that go along with it, right? But after the injuries start to pile up, then what? Because that Bulls team never recovered after the injuries started piling up. And so I think that the one thing that you, you have to say with this team is without Lonzo Ball coming into this, you have to figure out two things. You have to find a way to figure out how to get Patrick Williams more involved in the offense. And you have to figure out what kind of point guard Al DeSumo is going to be because I believe that that's the lineup they're going to be working with. I don't think that it's going to be a wide-open competition. I don't. I think Io's going to come in and he's going to be the starter in this whole thing, right, especially with how he's worked on his game. But I think the one thing, the two things you got to figure out is how do you get Patrick Williams more involved? And he talked about what he wants to see from P. Will. He, everybody talked about Patrick being more aggressive. Zach's the only one that talked about, okay, I want to see Patrick be more aggressive, but on top of that, I also want to see him continue to be him. Like, you still got to be able to play your game. But listen, he's got to be more aggressive. We all know that. We, we, we know that he's, he's missed shots. He's passing up shots. He's, he, he's not taking them. I think that there was a limited amount of shots, and Billy even talked to that, right? Like, he's, he was speaking about it, and he said basically that, listen, when you've got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vooch on your team, you have to figure out where your shots are coming from. And as a young player, that might be hard. But when you get those shots, you have to take advantage of them. And I think that that's going to be the one thing that if we can see something from P-Will this season, the thing that I would want to see most, and kind of what Billy was, was talking about, like the identity of his team, is him taking that mantle. Yeah, here's my thing. You got to show me something. You got to give me something. You have to increase your game in some way. Offensively, defensively, but you have to increase your game in some way. I would love to see Patrick Williams, of course, on the offensive side, right, take the mantle, get your scoring up, all of that stuff. But on the defensive side, you need to be the legitimate anchor of this Chicago Bulls defense to me. Because there's an identity that's absolutely missing with this Bulls team. There's an identity that is absolutely missing with this Bulls team defensively. Now, with health, right, that could change 100%. That could be a completely different uh, 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 um, situation because Alice Caruso comes in with the defense. Iodasumu comes in with the defense. Uh, Dalen Terry might get some time in there defensively, right? Like, there's a bunch of different opportunities there for the, this team to be a better defensive team than it finished out last season. But there wasn't a focal point. Like, remember, we were all like, when Alice Caruso comes back, the defense will be fine. And I kept telling y'all, I told y'all all, every single Bulls live call that we did, Every single Bulls live call that I did, what did I say? One man shouldn't make this much of a difference. One man shouldn't make DeMar DeRozan play better defense. Your team lost its defensive identity when it lost Lonzo Ball, and that's a problem. 
And I think that this, this team is such a great team in transition. This team is such a great team in getting out, making plays off of the uh, uh, um, off of turnovers, off of off of great defensive plays. Like that's where you want to see Zach Levine out and running. That's where you see that want to see Zach Levine doing his most damage. I don't want to see him moving without the ball, attacking the rim off of a pass that's coming 40 feet off a of steal or something like that. You don't have that point of attack defender right now on your team. And I think that's the one thing that I really want to see this Bulls team gain. Now, maybe it is Ayo Sumu, Maybe it is, uh, uh, um, you know, Patrick Williams. Maybe it is Alice Caruso. I think there's a lot of other players that you can break down and look at and say, no, these guys are going to be able to do that. But you have to see them do that. And that's going to be the hard part for this Bulls team this year, right? Like, there's a lot of hope. On this team, I hope Patrick Williams takes a step. I hope Alex or Io DeSumo continues what he's going to do. I hope Lonzo Ball is back at some point. And when you go into this thing with hope, and it, it leaves a lot of room, it leaves a lot of room for the unknown. And the unknown sometimes is the most dangerous space that you can be in when you're when you're trying to win basketball games, man. There's so much of the unknown attached to this team that they, they, they you've got to start getting some of these answers on the known. And I think that's what this season is going to be about for me. For me, right, coming into this season, the biggest things that I need, the big things that I really need to see are some of the answers to the unknown. What is Patrick Williams? And I don't need to see the finished product, just improvement. But what is he? What is Io DeSumo? Now, Io, second year, completely different, right? But he's going to get a ton of opportunity. But I'll be able to gauge to you, okay, this is where my team is going. Here's With some of the veterans, right? And here's another interesting thing that we heard today. Oh, it was so good to hear it. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. With some of the veterans answering the unknown, what is Nikola Vucevic's role? We need to know that. He said it was hard for him to transition from the from being the, the focal point of an offensive system to all of a sudden being the number three option, the number two option sometimes. What is Nikola Vucevic's role? And the part that really stood out to me is when you heard Vooch talking about, they asked him kind of, do you feel like you weren't yourself? I don't I don't remember exactly how they phrased it, but basically, like, do they feel do you feel like you being a three-point shooting big is what hurts you. And he said, it's an asset that he's added to his game and he wants to continue to improve at it. But it's something that adds to his game. And if you use him exclusively in that way, you're taking away where he's able to make his bread and butter in his game, down low, grabbing rebounds, off of the post. And I swear we said this so many times last season. It's not that I don't want to see Vooch shooting threes. I want to see Vooch shooting threes. I want to see him knocking them down. But here's the difference, right? You want to get Vooch in rhythm? You want to have him knock those threes down? Vooch is a big man that can shoot. He is not a shooting big man. And the Chicago Bulls for years have misidentified that kind of player. What was Nikola Miritich? He was a big man that could shoot. 
What was Larry marketing? He was a big man that could shoot. How did we use all these guys? Go out there, stand in the corner, and shoot threes. That's not the answer here. That's not what this team is looking for. And so for me, right, I think the biggest thing this Bulls team really needs to figure out is what is Nikola Vucevic's role with this team going to be? What is Nikola Vucevic's role with this team going to finish out as? If he's your number three, how do you work him in down low? If he's your number three, how are you finishing around the paint? You should be better in the rebounding area this year, and he should have help. How are you going to mix in him with uh, – uh, um, I don't know if you're going to see a ton of him with Andre Drummond. I'm not going to lie. I think it'd be interesting to see. I want to see it personally, him playing a little stretch four, but uh, we'll see. But how do you mix him in with uh, um, Marco Simonovic? How do you figure out what Marco is on this team? Right? There's so many of the unknowns. And so the biggest thing for me is with all the questions that come up, all the unknowns that we have with this team, can we finally start getting some answers? Because right now, the only answer this team has is Zach Levine is a proficient three-point shooter. He's really good at finishing around the bucket. And DeMar DeRozan is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game. Oh, and I guess we got three. Alex Caruso is is a uh, 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 is going to be a, a really good defender for this Bulls team. But when I'm telling you, you have to start figuring out some of these answers because championship teams, I got answers for. Guess what? I know what Stephen Curry is. I know what Klay Thompson is. I know what Draymond Green is. I know what Andrew Wiggins is. I know what Jordan Poole is. I know, you know, I, I got six, seven answers. With the Bulls, I got six, seven questions. That's what this season is to me. You have to figure out where some of these answers are going to come from. And if the Bulls don't, it's going to be a long season. Now, I don't think we're in that situation. I feel good about where this team is. I feel good about us heading into this season. I think that not having Lonzo hurts you a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. But at the end of the day, guess what? I think this Bulls team is going to be a heck of a competitive team in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't have them as a play-in team, as all of a sudden all these other people do. Because I think here's the one thing that I do know. It takes time. The, the, the one thing that AK has said, the one word that AK has said, that to me makes the most sense has been continuity. We've heard it all offseason. Why? When you're talking about continuity, the Bucks have continuity. The Celtics have continuity. Miami has continuity. Your best teams have continuity. The Warriors have continuity. Your best teams will continue to have continuity. They played together for a while. They played in a lot of big games. And yeah, sometimes you can add a splash player to those teams and all of a sudden they're going to come up and they're going to play better. Sometimes. But that don't work every time. And at this point, right, we're just throwing stuff together. I'm not saying the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be bad. I thought the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to be a good team this season without making the trade for Donovan Mitchell. I feel like they're going to be around where I had them at last season. Or around where I had them at coming into the season, I should say. 
But for me, you got to show me that you're better than a healthy Bulls team. And at this point, unfortunately, a healthy Bulls team includes not having Lonzo Ball there because of how much time he missed last season. <laughs> Lonzo Ball is an asset. <laughs> if Lonzo Ball shows up, we all are thankful. But it's not, oh, my God, we've got Lonzo back, right? Like, it's, I don't even know when he's going to be back. We don't know if he's going to be back. At this point, you have to move your team in the mindset that he might not be back. But all those top teams have that continuity. Guess what? You know what Drew Holiday is? Do you know what uh, Giannis is? Do you know what Chris Middleton is? Do you know what Bobby Portis is? Do you know what Brooke Lopez is? Answers. Not questions. They have answers. Boston, do you know what Tatum is? Do you know what Brown is? Do you know what Time Lord is? Although Time Lord going to miss some time. And they're going through an entirely different situation over there, dog. You know what I mean? They're going through an entirely different situation. But for me, right, like a lot of those teams that are have added that one big piece, DeJounte Murray to Atlanta. Sounds good. On paper. How many on paper teams didn't work? I think Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland is a moot point to me. I thought Colin, listen, for me, Colin Sexton and Donovan Mitchell are the, uh, Mitchell would have eventually been the same player. Like, I think Utah just got the same dude back. I think Utah literally just got the same dude back. The Bulls got to start getting some answers to these questions, though. We're coming into year three, year four of guys being drafted and saying, hey, what if Kobe White can become this? What if Patrick Williams takes this step? What if Marco Simonovich gets some more playing time? What if, right? There's too many what ifs. And that's the part that as a Bulls fan that has me, I, I wouldn't say the most concerned because I think health is probably my biggest concern with this team, no matter what. I think that's pretty much the stigma on every Chicago team, right? You, you're just hoping that there's going to be some health on this team. But at the end of the day, right, like, what are you going to be? How are you going to take that next step? And if these young players don't develop, you won't. For all the Bulls fans that say, you got to get rid of Patrick Williams. You got to get rid of, uh, uh, um, um, you know, Kobe White. And you got to get rid of, maybe Kobe White you do, right? Like, Iota Sumo makes him a little more expendable. Hopefully, Dalen Terry is able to come up. Kobe White, I think there's some trades that could be on the table that I'd be more interested in to hearing about Kobe White in these situations, right? But, I mean, like, I need y'all to understand, the rebuild ain't the answer. Shipping pieces off ain't the answer because all these other teams have continuity. They have good young pieces. They're moving up the ranks because their young pieces are taking steps. You have to figure out how to get your young guys to take steps while you have your veteran guys that are holding everything up. And that's where the Bulls are right now. You got your core. Vooch, Zach, Damar, core. 
That's going to be your core for a while. Guess what? You're going to run out of that core if Patrick Williams, Ayo DeSumo, Kobe White, Daylon Terry, Marco Simonovic don't figure it out. So coming into this season, the biggest thing that I want to see this Bulls team do, answer some of my questions. Answer some of my questions. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to Rocket with this man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. We'll be breaking down Bulls all season as well. Y'all know we do the Bulls live call over here, so I appreciate y'all for showing love and pulling up and running with us, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Um, and make sure y'all sharing the content, man. If you guys come in here and you, and, you, and you got the video on and stuff like that, man, just share that mug to Twitter. YouTube got the little swipe up thing now on iPhone where you can hold that mug. Share that mug on the Twitter, man. Say, I'm watching the Windy City Breeze right now, man. Y'all come through. There's some Fire Bulls content. Bang, bang, bang. There's some Fire Bears content. Bang, bang, bang. Y'all what I'm saying? I'm out in Vegas giving y'all these bars right now, man. Stop playing with me. Let's shift gears a little bit, right? Let's shift gears. No LeVar. Let's talk about what the Chicago Bears can do as we head into week four. Your team is sitting here two and one. You've seen subpar play from your quarterback. No question about it. But I said in my video this morning, and it's the part that I want a lot of Bears fans to look at, go back and watch the video, what Bears fans need to be focused on. I said in my video this morning, this Chicago Bears team is better than last year's Chicago Bears team. Fact. That doesn't mean they're leaps and bounds better. That doesn't mean I think we're going to the Super Bowl. But this Chicago Bears team this season has multiple things that I can identify and say, hey, they're good at that. Running the football, they're good at that. And not only, I said this this morning, not just the offensive line. Or I'm sorry, not just the running backs that are there, but the offensive line. Because when you see David Montgomery go down and Khalil Herbert's able to just step in and do the same thing again that David Montgomery was just doing, guess what? He might be pretty good. But that offensive line is getting the job done. And so what can the Bears do and take from week three to build off their team in week four? That's the question on the table. And for me, there's a couple of things here. One, I, I don't know what y'all beef is with, with uh, um, Tevin Jenkins, but God, I wish y'all would figure it out. I don't know what the Bears' beef is with Tevin Jenkins. I don't know why they don't like Tevin Jenkins. I don't know why they don't want to utilize Tevin Jenkins. I don't know why they don't want to see Tevin Jenkins play. But I wish they would figure it out because I'm not going to lie to you. They're basically saying, yeah, we see that he's playing well on the field, but we don't like – we're going to do different things to hold this against him. We don't like to see him in this starting position. 
We'd rather see Lucas Patrick play this position right now. And at the end of the day, guess what? Lucas Patrick is here to be your center. There's no way you see Sam Mustafer week in and week out and you think he's going to be good. There's no way you see Sam Mustafer week in and week out and you think, yeah, he's our center of our future. There's no way. And so for me, right, the question comes in, what can the Chicago Bears do? To me, I, I, you got to stop the switching. You got to stop the switching of right guard to right tackle. To me, I think that's killing your team. I'm sorry, from, you got to stop the switching between the right guards. I think that's killing your team. I think that's hurting you the most. I think that's the part of this Bears football team that, to me, is the worst part on the offensive line, and you got two really good players there. Braxton Jones is learning. Did Braxton Jones get cooked last week in pass pro? Yes, he did. But he's learning. <laughs> he's figuring it out. Left guard, Cody Whitehair, eh. He'll be gone in a couple of years, but he's solid right there. Mustafer's terrible. You got a solid piece there, and you don't want to continue to use that. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. And so for me, right, I look at this in I look at this offensive line in the sense of there's a good offensive line. I, I look at this offensive line like I looked at uh um what was that? What was that Drake shirt? Uh, Drake song? Uh, uh, or Drake album? Uh, Certified Lover Boy. There's a good album inside of the 4,800 songs that are on that album. <laughs> There's a good album in there, but you had too many around it. That's how I feel about this offensive line. There's a good offensive line in there. But you got to solidify it. You got to figure out what your pieces are and stick with those pieces. Five is one. Let's not reinvent the wheel. I, I, I don't want to see coaches reinventing the wheel. Now, here's the thing that I do like that I'm seeing. And this is the biggest thing to me that I really want to see the Chicago Bears take into uh, 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 week four. Do I want to see Justin Fields develop? Yes. I do. I want to see a quarterback in Chicago. It's the one thing I've never seen in my lifetime. I thought Jay Cutler was going to be that, but you never gave him a left tackle. I want to see Justin Fields be one of the – at this point, right, like he don't even have to be the best quarterback in the NFL. I want to see Justin Fields just be a top 10 quarterback. He can be 10. But I want to see the Chicago Bears with a passing game. But I also want to see the Chicago Bears win. And I think that's the part that I love that these coaches are taking into every week. I'm not saying that I like to see Justin throwing as few passes as he are, but you also can't tell me that you're looking at the tape and you're saying that Justin Fields looks like he's making the best decisions. 
We're three weeks into this. I'm not tripping at all on it. Guess what? He's going to have to learn. We're three weeks in. Right? There's a lot of quarterbacks that three weeks into something, you're like, oh, my God, this dude looks terrible. And then by the end of the season, you're like, wow, he really looks good. I'm hoping that that's what we get to. But I still want to see my football team win. Right? I still want to see my football team competing week in and week out. And I love the mindset of these coaches that, listen, we want to develop this kid. We want to move this kid in the right direction. We think he's got it. We think we're going to get him there. Jay Glazer uh, uh, was talking about it today. The Chicago Bears believe in Justin Fields. But that don't mean they're going to go out there and they're just going to tell him slang that thing 25 times and he's going to throw four interceptions and they're going to put him down and they're going to watch him get killed in the media because that doesn't help your young quarterback either. What I like about these coaches this year is the one thing that I hated about Matt Nagy the entire time he was here. I thought Matt was going to be he was going to be better, he was going to have a scheme, he was going But after a while, right? Like here's the thing. The scheme meant more to Matt than winning the game. The scheme meant more to Matt than winning the game. Matt Nagy being the smartest dude in the room meant more to Matt than winning NFL football games. Because if he didn't, like, y'all realize, right? Like, we didn't go out there and all of a sudden we just got exponentially better at run pro. We didn't go out there and all of a sudden we just got exponentially better at run pro. We were a good run pro team last year. Matt Nagy said, drop back, throw the passes. Guess what that did? That almost got Justin killed multiple times. That doesn't help your team. That doesn't move you in the right direction. So I like the mindset of this team in week three and, and in previous weeks, right? Take that into week four. I don't want to see Justin Fields going out there throwing up uh, uh, 15 interceptions, like raging saying, what do he say? I'd rather him pull a Peyton Manning and get your 38 interceptions out the way and next season Pro Bowl. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That, 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 that's an anomaly. That's not how football most works most of the time, right? It's not like, oh, this guy came in and sucked, and then the next year you're like, wow, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's not how that happens. But if that's not the case right now, I'm not saying you can never get to that, right? Like that's saying the, the thing that a lot of people are looking at this Bears team is, is this team right now is what a – finished product of this team is looking like and that's a disservice to this Bears team that's a disservice to being a Bears fan right now because if you think that three weeks in to an entirely new scheme that you now sit two and one in is a bad uh, 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 situation to be in and you would rather just see this team hey let's go out there throw up ducks and be bad, and then we'll we'll lose games, and that's going to improve us. Like, that's not how it works. For me, biggest growth that teams can get is understanding how to win. The biggest growth that can happen to teams is understanding how to win. When players get used to losing, they usually end up being losing on losing teams. 
So I like that this Bears team is going into every single week with the mindset of, listen, we want to develop these guys. We want to move these guys in the right direction. But we knew what this season was. I My biggest goal this year is to get wins. Win as many games as possible. And I think Bears fans lose sight of like, I think the biggest thing Bears fans lose sight of is like, do you care if we run our way to a Super Bowl? I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see Justin develop. I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see a, a top quarterback. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't care how we become a perennial playoff team. I don't care how we get to a Super Bowl. I just want to do it. Did y'all care in 2005 when we ran our way to the Super Bowl and had great defense? Right? Like, at the end of the day, here's the biggest thing that you need to take into every single week. Do you have minds in the building that are going to help you win? Through three weeks here, it looks like you've got minds in the building that are going to try and help you win. Do you have talent in the building that can do all the things you needed to do? That's the part that that's the biggest question on this season. But you've got minds in the building every single day that want to help you win. Here's the one thing that I noticed on the defensive side, and I talked about it this morning on the video. On the defensive side of the ball, they were in the right position. They just didn't make the tackle. On the defensive side of the football, you could see them prepping. Hey, get over here. Make this move. You got to be over here. Nope, get right here. He's coming this way. They knew where they were going to be. Nicholas Morrow was calling it out. They knew where they were going to run. Now, you got to make the tackle. You got to have the talent to make the tackle there. You got you to gotta wrap that up. You got to figure that out, right? Like, there's, there's a lot of missed tackles, especially in the run game. Like, all the, all the, all the running backs are, are slicked up with grease, apparently, because we can't grab none of them. But the biggest thing for me with this team is, do you have the right brain trust in the building? If you have the right brain trust in the building, you will be able to figure out how to win football games continuously. If you have the right, you know why the Bears were bad for so long? Honestly. It ain't just the quarterback position. If you think it's just the quarterback position, you ain't been paying attention to Bears football. The Bears have been bad for so long. Why? Because your GM and your president and your head coach didn't know how to continuously breed winning football. That's what you have to figure out. When you've got the right brain in the building, has anybody questioned all the changes that have come under Bill Belichick? Maybe more recently now. But has anybody questioned all the changes that have come under Bill Belichick? Has anybody questioned all of the changes that have come under Andy Dalton? Or, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton. What was that? Uh, Andy Reid? Has anybody questioned all of the changes that have come under, name the head coach, Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll, maybe a little bit. Right? Like, when you've got the right brains in the building, the pieces around you change, but you still figure out a way to win games. This is the NFL. The pieces are going to change every three years, no matter what. 
So I think the big thing is, right, the question that we need to leave this season with, it, and I want to see development from Justin Fields. I want to see development from the players on the on the field, of course. Like, that's that's those are the guys that are going out there to do it, right? But the biggest thing that we need to uh, be able to answer by the end of this season, do we got guys in the building that are going to put our team in a position to compete in every game and win more times than not? Because guess what? I've seen teams with okay talent go a long way. Because their coaches were smarter than the other coaches. I've seen teams with mediocre quarterback play win Super Bowls. Why? Because the coaches were like, we're going to put everything. The coaches in the GM were like, we're going to build everything around you. We're going to make everything around you so good, you can't mess up. The Bears' issue is not one position. Now, have they figured out that position? No. (laughs) It's been terrible trying to figure out that position. But it's not one position at the end of the day. If you think it's one position, you ain't been watching Bears football because I'll tell you this right now, Jay Cutler can play quarterback. But it's real hard to play quarterback when you're getting your head kicked in from the backside every time. But Jay Cutler can play quarterback. Now does he get inside his own dome and throw six picks in a game sometimes? Yeah, he will. But that's a quarterback that you could win with if you protected him. That's a quarterback we could have talked about like we talk about Kirk Cousins. That's a quarterback we could have talked about like we talk about, talk about you know, like those, those mid-level quarterbacks where you say, hey, look, if you put a good defense around him, it's good enough to win. This isn't a finished product yet, Bears fans. It's okay. But the que- the thing that I look at the most is do you have the mindset to go into every single week and try to win? And it looks like we've got the coaches that do. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about what we have, at least from a coaching staff standpoint. I like what I see from a lot of the picks. I don't know, Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon is a tough one, bro. I ain't going to lie to you, dog. Especially, I love the ones that are, like, trying to, like, like, I'm not saying Kyler Gordon's a finished product either, and with three weeks into the season, he can finish out the season great, right? Like, But his, the, the thing with Kyler Gordon that irks me is that, like, I'm just seeing rookie DBs around the NFL, like, play great. And Muzz are just like, it takes so long to figure out this position. I'm like, I, I, eh. Eh. Like, I'm not saying it don't, but, like, like ah you know what i mean but like i said listen bears got to get that pressure up front you get that pressure up front kyler gordon might play better but we'll see um they're picking on that man bro him and vildor out there doing the spider-man meme just (laughs) but hey uh i appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with the show tonight especially with monday night football on uh hit that like button subscribe to the page we do talk chicago sports daily on this channel it's the only channel talking bears how bears talks the only channel talking bulls how bulls talk so make sure that you get in tune with us man um I think Monday night football is being what what is the score on Monday night? Let me let me see that before I get off of here, man. Because I feel like uh I feel like there's gonna be some uh some trash talk for Ringo coming. Let's see. What do we got? Man, that was it. What'd you what'd you do, Pat? Uh, why can't I find that? Somebody got the score in the chat? Like I got the score, but it's coming up stupid because my Wi-Fi in this building. 13 to 6 Giants, dang it! Dang it. 
I was hoping to be able to talk some trash to Ringo. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Ringo winning. This man's going to be, what are they going to be? 4-0? 3-0? They'll be 3-0? Oh, best. Uh, hey, man. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. I just love that all the national nerds came out, and they're just like, this team's going to suck. These teams are going to be terrible. And all the teams that they said were going to suck and we're going to take these massive, or that were going to suck are, are playing pretty well or at least playing above 500. And all the teams they said were going to be trash have taken, like, steps backwards, look confused, don't look like the same team. Like, there's so many question marks around them. I love it. Cowboys at the goal line. Bro, I really want to see the Cowboys win. I ain't going to lie to you. Just because I don't feel like hearing Ringo's mouth for another week, and I want to be able to go into next week and talk trash. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us. If you haven't hit that like button, hit that like button and subscribe to the page. As always, man, y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.